0: Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace across all of our campuses. We're so excited that you are here. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here, and especially if you're joining us for one of your first few times, know that it is a huge honor that we are overjoyed, overjoyed that you have joined us. I also want to say, if you've been able to Embrace, and Embrace has been your home for months, possibly even years, I just want to say thank you. Over the last few months, I've been trying to find people who have been here five, six, seven years and just say thank you. Embrace is far from being a perfect church, it's far from being a perfect family, and yet, thankfully, we follow a perfect Savior. We follow a perfect Savior in Jesus. And so, again, just want to say thank you, whether it's your first time or you've been with us for a long time. Uh, now, it's kind of random to share, but over the last 10 years, as a result of social media and the information superhighway showing up, there's become a wave of people known as social influencers. And this is people who are looked up to, celebrities, athletes, even random 15-year-olds that have millions of followers on YouTube. And it's also people who are paid by companies to wear certain clothes, drink certain things, drive certain cars in hopes that by posting online about it, that it will influence other people to buy certain cars, drink certain things, and wear certain clothes. If you don't know this, there are parenting influencers that are paid by companies like Gerber, there's beauty influencers, food, fitness influencers. Listen to this. There's even pet influencers, pet influencers. Seriously, Grumpy Cat is an actual cat. Like it's a real cat that has over two million followers on Instagram. If that depresses you because you have 400, no worries. But, but Grumpy Cat is sponsored by places like Frisky's Pet Food and my personal favorite hot topic, the clothing store. Like the store that you went to in high school during your punk phase, It is now has a cat as its spokesperson. But listen to this. When it comes to people like LeBron James on Instagram, LeBron makes $120,000 per post. Like for a simple post on Instagram, he makes $120,000. But listen to this, the current top paid social influencer on Instagram is singer-actress Selena Gomez. Per post on Instagram, she is currently paid over $500,000. Like she gets a half a million dollars all in hopes that she will influence other people to buy a certain purse, dress, or some kind of makeup. And hear this people do. They actually do. They see her post, and then they go and they buy this stuff, which is crazy. But needless to say, though, influence is a powerful, powerful thing. Again, influence is a powerful thing. Now, just to be clear, what is influence? Influence is the ability to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone else. That's what it is, and in case you didn't know it, every single one of us, Every single one of you, even you, Grandma, and me, we all have influence. Unfortunately, we might not get paid like Selena Gomez, but again, all of us have influence. And at the very least, we have influence on our family members. We have influence at the workplace and and our coworkers. We have influence on our friends. We have influence on our blocks and the people that we live nearby. Again, we all have influence, the ability to affect the character, development, or behavior of someone Else. now when you open up the bible one of the most influential people that you will find other than maybe paul or david or jesus himself one of the biggest influencers that you will discover is a man named moses and moses even has a movie made about his life but the truth is that when you actually look at moses he is not the typical influencer that you think of i mean he was not the most gifted person and he also had a life that was far from perfect If you didn't know it, Moses started off as an orphan until he was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. And when he grew up, he ended up murdering a guy, trying to protect one of his own people. And then in fear of getting in trouble, Moses ran away. And for 40 years, he had the low job of watching a bunch of sheep out in the fields until one day God came and he spoke to Moses in a burning bush. And that day, God told Moses that he wanted to use him to lead and to influence and to bring his people, the Israelites, out of slavery. Now, that might sound great, but Moses wasn't too excited. And he explained to God that he struggled to speak, that he had a stutter, that he wouldn't be the best person to influence a bunch of other people and to be used by God. Well, because God is God, God did use Moses to lead and influence the Israelites, like thousands of them, out of Egypt, out of slavery, through the Red Sea itself, into the wilderness, on their way to the promised land. And so that's a bit about Moses. But just to say it again, we are not Selena Gomez. At least I'm not. You might be. I'm not. And even though he had a rough life and he was pretty average at best, we are not Moses either. But once again, all of us have influence. Every one of us has the ability to have an effect on the character, development, and behavior of someone else. And so for this series that we're starting today, for the next few weeks, We're going to be looking at Moses and his life to see how we can best use the influence that God has given us. We're going to look at Moses and learn a few things about how we can use our own influence for God. And so at this time, across to our campuses, I'm just going to have us open up our Bibles right now to the book of Exodus chapter 17. Again, all of us, I want to encourage us open up our Bibles, use a physical Bible, use the Bible on our phone, there's something powerful that happens when we open up the Bible, again, Exodus 17, and just to give us the quick backstory of things, as we said, God through Moses has led the Israelites out into the wilderness, and in chapter 17, they're about to be attacked by a foreign group of people, and so Moses tells his young friend named Joshua to go and get some men and fight this group that's coming. And Moses says that when they're fighting, that he will go on top of the hill and he will hold the staff of God in his hand. You see, the staff, it's like a giant cane, and it was a symbol of God's presence. And so when they started fighting, when Moses w- was going to hold it up, he was just going to hold it up as a sign that God was fighting the battle for them. Again, they were going to start fighting. And as they did so, Moses was going to hold up the staff to remind everyone that God was there that he was fighting for them. Now, starting in verse 10, again, Exodus 17, here is what we're told. It says, So Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Great story, right? Again, just to sum it up, we're told that Moses goes on top of the hill. And as long as he holds his arms up, they win the battle. But after a while, Moses gets tired. tired. And he can't keep his arms up any longer. And so these two guys, these two friends, these two brothers of Moses, Aaron and Hur, they sit Moses down on a rock, and they get on both sides of Moses, and they hold up his arms as long as they need to. And as a result, the Israelites, they win the battle. Again, powerful story, right? And this right here, this brings us to our first truth for today. And the first truth is this. Influence doesn't start with I. Again, our first truth for today is really simple. Influence does not start with I. And you might say, well, yes, actually, to be technical, it does start with an I. And so often we think the same exact thing about people. I mean, so often we see God working through someone, and we see God using someone. And whether it's something big or something small, all we can think is that one person is so awesome. And yet what we rarely see and what we rarely ever hear about are his two buddies aaron and her i mean so often all we ever hear about and all we ever see is moses when the truth is the whole time and the only reason the israelites won the battle is because of two guys named aaron and her and just to be clear influence is not about one person and it takes more than one person and one more time influence it doesn't start with i It does not start with i And so I just want to simply ask all of us here today across our campuses, I just want to ask who is holding up our arms? Who's holding us up? You see, if we truly want to have influence in this life, the first step is that we need people around us in it. I mean, whether we're a college student, a stay-at-home mom, whether we're a banker, a nurse, a farmer, we want to make a difference, right? And we want to have influence. At the very least, we want to impact the lives of others, even if it's just our kids and our own loved ones. Again, we want to have influence and we want to impact the character and behavior of others. But just looking at Moses, maybe the best place for us to start is just asking who is holding up our arms. I mean, do you want to have influence? Who's holding up your arms? Do you want to be used by God to impact eternity? Who's holding up your arms? Do you just want to be faithful to God? Who's holding up your arms? Do you want to be a good friend, a good parent, a good spouse, a good follower of Jesus? One more time, who is holding? Who's holding up our arms? You see, this series is about influencing God, using us to impact the lives of others. And next week, we're going to talk really practically about pouring into other people and actually using our influence. And honestly, if you have a pulse do not miss next week. If you are breathing, do not miss next Sunday. But when it comes to influence, the first step is making sure that we're grounded ourselves. It's making sure that we have people in our lives who will hold us up. With this, something that I'll never forget, a few years back, I was hanging out with a good pastor friend of mine, a guy that God has done insane things through. And afterwards, just kind of hanging out, he said, hey Brad, like I so badly want to be used by God. And and so do you have any points i I was actually driving him to the airport this was my last question that i had i want to be used by god is there anything that you think i should be doing and he said adam i have no questions at all that god is going to use you he is using you and he will continue to use you as a friend though the number one question i would want to ask is about your foundation no there's no question that god is going to use you but i just want to i just want to want to ask like how is your foundation And is your walk with Jesus solid, and do you have other people in your lives? Otherwise, God will use you, and at some point, you'll just fall over. God will give you influence, and at some point, you will not be able to handle it. And so when it comes to influence, it's so important for us to start by asking, who is holding us up? Who's holding up our arms? Now, going back to the story, there are two different truths that really strike me when it comes to our need for others. And the first truth is is this, just looking at Moses, when specifically do we need other people to hold us up? The answer: when we can't hold up ourselves. Again, when do we need other people in our lives? Specifically when we can't hold up ourselves. In the story, I love this: Moses gets tired, and his two friends, Aaron and her, they don't even ask for his permission. They don't even ask him. They just sit Moses down on the rock and they just start holding up his arms again. When do we need others to hold us up? When we're tired and we can't hold up ourselves. I mean, in the moments of life when we're physically and emotionally exhausted, which is pretty much every day, right? I'm just kidding, kind of, sort of, not really. No, but seriously. In the battle that we call life, every day, like before we get tired, every single day, we need close friends who will encourage us and cheer us on. Yes, when we're tired, but honestly, every day, we need close friends who will listen to us, close friends who will be there when we simply need someone to be there. And more often than not, we need close friends who will tell us the hard truth when we don't want to hear it. Close friends who will speak the words you need to take care of yourself, and you need to make some changes in your life. Close friends who will just say, man, you just look tired. Close friends who won't even ask for our permission, they'll just be like, I love you, and you know that I love you, so I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to kind of force you down on this rock. And I, I, love you. I love you so much, and I feel like I've earned my trust to be able to say this. I'm going to force you to sit down on this rock. Why? Because I love you. I'm not even going to ask for your permission. No, I love you. I'm going to force you to sit down. But more than just physically and emotionally being tired, listen to this, we need someone to hold us up when we're spiritually tired. When our love for Jesus has grown cold, we need someone asking us questions like, how are you doing? And can I pray for you? Someone saying to us, even though you feel dry right now and you can't sense God's presence, that he is in fact still with you. People just saying, man, I just haven't seen you in church for a while. I see your wife, but I don't see you. you kind of sporadic here at best, and I just want to encourage you to keep spending daily time with God. I just want to encourage you to keep making him the focus and center of your life. And honestly, it's when we're tired that we often let our guards down, isn't it? When we're tired is often when we let our guards down, and that's when we start making stupid, stupid, stupid decisions. And we need someone in our lives more than any other time to speak into our lives, to challenge us, to love us enough to tell us the hard truth. One more time, when do we need others? when we can't hold up ourselves. All of us are human. We are not God. And even Moses himself, one of the greatest influencers in the entire Bible, needed someone else to hold him up. And so again, we need other people to hold us up when we can't hold up ourselves. And then secondly, just looking at Moses in the story, we need others to hold us up. Why? To keep us faithful. Why do we need others to hold us up? To keep us faithful. Once more, Moses has this huge task before him of influencing and leading the Israelites to the promised land. And now they're being attacked and he knows what he needs to do. He just needs to hold his arms up. But when he gets tired, though, instead of letting them quit, instead of letting them walk away, his friends are there to hold him up and to help keep him faithful. Translation for us, More than just having a friend who keeps us from making mistakes, and more than just having a friend who makes sure we read our Bible, which is so important. More than that, though, do we have anyone in our lives who is challenging us to step out of the boat? More than just making sure we don't sin, do we have anyone in our lives who is telling us to keep trusting God and to trust Him even more? Do we have anyone in our lives who is telling us, don't quit, don't play it safe, even though you're facing a battle right now before you, keep on going let keep on pressing. Do we have anyone who's pressing us? I mean, you might feel like you don't have any purpose and no one sees you, but God wants to use you and he is. And some people might think you're crazy for praying for this person. Some people might think you're crazy for helping this person, for giving money away, for following Jesus, for doing whatever, but God, he is at work within you. And you might feel unqualified and unusable, but God wants to use you in ways you truly cannot imagine. Again, more than just having someone make sure that we make it a church, do we have anyone telling us to just trust Jesus, trust Jesus, step out of the boat onto the water? You see, with this, sadly, so often Christians are a bunch of people who play it safe. Honestly, myself included, so often Christians are some of the most faithless people I know. And are you sure you should do that? And do you know what you're doing? And what will other people think? And how what are you going like, to provide next month? And what are you going to do? And are you sure you've prayed about it? Even though I know you've been praying about it for five years, you should maybe pray about it even longer. This is so backwards, isn't it? So backwards. I mean, we have a Jesus who approaches us and a bunch, a bunch of fishermen, and he tells us to leave our entire lives behind. Your nets and your dad's family business, leave it all behind and come and follow me. Again, do we have anyone in our lives who just challenges us to keep going? Trust God even more. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that God worked in you 10 years ago, but what's he doing in you today? What's he doing? Gosh. Now, going back to the first question that we asked today, I once again just want to ask, who's holding up our arms? Who's holding us up? we've been saying if we truly want to have influence and we want to impact the lives of others, the best place to start is this question, who is holding us up? And with this, sadly, often the answer for so many of us is who is holding up our arms? No one. Who's holding us up when we're just brutally honest? No one. I mean, maybe we're a stay-at-home mom and we feel completely alone or we're in the battle of our lives right now and not a single other soul even knows about it. We're struggling with temptation, temptation that we've never struggled with in the past, and there's not a single person praying for us. No one even knows about it. And we're wanting to be used by God. God has put a seed within our heart. We want to be faithful. We want to be used by God to influence and do great things, and yet we have no one who's holding up our arms. There's no one standing beside us. And why does this matter so much? Because one more time, I've just heard that influence, it doesn't start with I. does not start with I. Yes, Moses did some great things, and he influenced a bunch of people, but have you heard about his two friends? You heard about his friends one more time. Who is holding up our arms? Who's holding up your arms? Who's holding my arms up? Now, closing things up today, today and for this entire series, we're talking about influence, right? And that all of us have the ability to influence and impact other people. But what's so important to wrestle with, and honestly, maybe the most important question, is just asking what are we using our influence for? What are we using it for? I mean, are we using our influence for good or bad? Are we using our influence to help people? Are we using our influence for things that actually matter? Or is it just about ourselves? Just about our influence, just about building up our own bank account, just building our little empire, building our platform, our business, our Instagram followers. Like, what, is, what are we using our influence for? Listen to this. Going back to the story one last time. Again, Moses, with the help of his buddies, they, they win this battle. And then after this victory, listen to what we're told that Moses does. This is verse 15. After the victory, it says, Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisei which means the Lord is my banner. Again, after this victory, Moses builds this altar, and, and he names it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. Okay, so what in the world does that mean, right? You see, well, at this time, whenever a group of people went into battle, or whenever a group of people would move from one region to the next, they would have a banner with them. And this banner would be like a large piece of wood or, or, or metal and it would be mounted to, to the top of a pole and you, you'd hold up the pole so that everyone, even from a great distance, would be able to see it. And on the piece of wood or, or metal, there, there'd be an emblem or a name on it declaring to everyone, foreigners and the people themselves, who these people were and what they were all about. I mean, this, this banner was just declaring that our full allegiance is to this nation. Our full allegiance is to this cause. Our, our full allegiance is to the name on this banner. Like, this is who and what we're all about. This is who we're sold out for. This is who I'm willing to give my life for. This is who I'm using my life and every ounce of my influence for. It's all about the name on this banner. And so, again, when this victory happens and Moses builds this altar and he calls it Yahweh Nisei, get this, Moses is saying that the Lord. But ultimately, Jesus is my banner. He's saying, before anything else, this is my cause in life. Before anyone else, this is what I'm all about. And when it comes to my influence and everything that I am, it is all about Jesus. As we said earlier, influence doesn't start with I. Why? Because get this, it starts and it ends only with Jesus. Everything is about about Jesus. And switching to us as followers of Jesus hear this, using our influence for anything other than Jesus, like for ourselves, for our own greatness, for our own empire, for whatever. It's not only wrong, but it's totally worthless to use our influence for anything other than Jesus was just upside down and backwards. And today, I just want to ask all of us across our campuses, just being brutally honest with yourself, what is the name on your banner? You would ask your friends and your, your co workers and your, your family, like, what would they say has flown so high in your life that even before speaking to you, they can see it? Is it your business? Is it your position? Your, your house? Is that what it is? Like, your house is just so big that people just see it? Like, what's the, what is it on? What's on your banner? I mean, brutally honest, I'm not asking for your church attendance. What is the name on your banner? What does it say? even wonderful things. Maybe it's just your kids. Whatever it is today for all of us, I just want to encourage us right now just to take our poles and just lower it down and just, whatever this is, just take it off and put on Jesus and then just, like, begin to hold it up. And Even for us as a church, does it just say embrace? How meaningless. I can't imagine a greater failure. Have you heard about embrace, embrace, embrace? I hope it's only Jesus. I don't even know what that pastor is or like that church is. I just keep hearing about Jesus. Again, I can't think of a greater day that's just to lower it down and just to change it. And maybe for the first time, we're just saying, Jesus, my whole life, it's been about me and I only want it to be about you. My whole life, it's been about these side things. My whole agenda is whatever. God, today, I want to make it you. Once more influence, it starts and it ends with Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we come before you thankful for who you are, needy for who you are. God, and we come wanting to make a difference. Unless the world is beat it out of us, we wake up each morning and we long to have purpose. Like, we, we just long to be used for something greater. And God, that greaterness is you. It starts and ends with you. But we need other people around us, God. And oftentimes, there's no one around us. So this week, would you just help us to be intentional, to not flake out on our friend that's reached out to us endless amounts of times, to force it into our schedule, that we need someone then, like we just need people in our lives. Why? Because when we're tired five years from now, we'll have it in our lives. When we fight a battle that we never saw coming, there'll be a whole group of people raising up our arms when we can't, just holding us up, cheering us on, telling us to be faithful. God, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.